Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey guys, Casey Boat here, and this is Door Bumper Clear. We have very special guest Kip Childress from NASCAR in the house. He has probably one of the coolest jobs in the sport. He'll join Brett and TJ to cover everything from Richmond to pre-Robel Rice Weekend, such as... Eric Jones' disqualification on Saturday night, Martin Truex Jr. going from spinning to winning, this weekend's first playoff elimination race at the Roval, and so much more. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Red high. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Door. Clear. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, and uh, back in studio this week. I got kicked off last week. Me and me and Brett. Was it last week? Two weeks ago. Two, Two weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we got a, a full house today. Casey's here on three hours of sleep. I am. Brett, yeah. you're here. I'm here. Look, yep. I'm, looking uh, like you're going golfing after this. Fresh so. off of a, a Richmond run. Ready for the Roval. Got A.J. Allmendinger Saturday night, or Saturday, and then Clint, obviously, on Sunday with a lot on the line, so should be a fun week. And we have very a very, very special guest, probably one of my favorite people in NASCAR. You've saved me quite a few times. Uh, <laughs> assistant Series Director to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and Pace Car Driver, Kip Childress. Thank Howdy. you. You're welcome. I'm really sorry in advance for anything these guys might say because, well, you know them both and you know they I am don't tame. have a filter. I'm tame. So this, this one, I, he's getting ready to go. <laughs> so, so the reason we wanted Kip to come on is because Kip texts TJ <laughs> And, I, and he said, hey, I, I, I love the show. I, I'm a big listener. And TJ immediately responded, hey, I'm not the edgy guy on there. Like, I'm, I'm, So ever since, blame we, now that we know Kip listens, it's like TJ skirts up in his face every time he comes on here. He's scared to say <laughs> yeah. anything. So Kip, we had to bring you on so that you could get credit for taming TJ way down. So you guys might be nicer on the show today? I'm, I'm going to be nice. normal. Brett's going to be bad, I'm sure. I'm oh, always nice. You play so nice Casey, here. you're very pretty today. Earlier, you were asking me if, if I... <laughs> so enjoy your youth, too, because yeah. on three hours of sleep and no bags under your eyes, that's impressive. <laughs> Maybe that that is it works one yeah. well, I mean, the three hours of sleep, you're, you're kind of... Are you foreshadowing what you're, the amount of sleep you're going to get soon? <laughs> are you trying to hint at something? Are you? I mean, apparently, according to a few people <laughs> who like have uh, tweeted and messaged me, they said that I haven't... Or you haven't brought up the fact or asking if I was You've pregnant. erased your excuse of sleep when, whenever you do have a child and there's a podcast is rolling. You've erased your excuse for sleep now. 
<laughs> For the record, Tracy, though, is there something I you need to tell not, us? <laughs> I am not pregnant. Thank you so much for calling that up again. Oh my god! I guess if I say, if you ask me the question, I'm screwed. If you don't ask the question, I get message asking if anyway. it's true. So either Keep way, asking her. Casey loves we might being just asked. add a segment to the show. Just is asking. Casey pregnant? <laughs> spot on or spot off? Yep. So Kip, spot on, Kip, spot you off. got you, you got a freaking important job, man. Which one? I mean, the, the assistant series director. <laughs> yeah. like, I think that pace sounds car driver's pretty important. Super too. important. Yeah, well, pace car driver's only a few hours a week. That's kind of like a spot, and like that's like a part time gig compared to that other de- deal, right? I mean, your day job's a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff going on, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, so, th- you know, throughout the week, it actually starts today. You know, we're already, we've got maps and groundwork and, and things already in place to move into Charlotte. You know, uh, our our trailers have already shown up, and they're unloading inspection gear. That that starts now, and you know, with the with the help of Buster Otten, who's who's handled our transportation for years, you know, he's taught me a lot about how things need to move in the in the cup garage. And so, uh, you know, like I said, that those guys are unloading. If they may have even gotten there last night to do that, um, so so they can get out of there. We'll have another crew come in and, and then set everything up. So then by uh, by Wednesday night, Thursday, we're rolling in there, getting ready to start the weekend. So while all of it's important, so the hours that's involved in getting ready for a race, extremely important, right? Um, but the three, four hours during a race when I'm sitting in that pace car, you know, I, I, I would rank that right on up there too because I, I, I feel like I've got those guys behind me. I've got their lives in my hands. And so I take that pretty seriously too. Right, right. So how many meetings do you have during a normal week to get everything ready? Obviously logistics you just spoke to, but how many other things are you touching during the week? Yeah, so on Tuesday's our big meeting day and we, we generally have an opportunity on Monday to, to do a, a lot of catch up stuff around the house, some honeydew list and whatnot. And, right. But, uh, you know, Tuesday we'll hit the ground running and it's uh, everything from uh, organizing where our staff is going to be at what particular time throughout the day. You know, that's first thing Tuesday. We, we do a recap meeting with all of our uh, series directors, all the, the key people on each weekend. We all get together and, and we'll spend about an hour and a half to, to two hours sometimes talking about the previous race. And that just rolls right into the upcoming race. Uh, you know, previewing all the, everything from the driver's meeting videos that gets played every week, you know, you know right down to uh, things that have happened at the racetrack since we were last there. And obviously going to, to Charlotte with the road course configuration, a lot's changed there. And even from last year to this year with the new layout of the chicane on the backstretch, you know, we'll go all over all that in, in pretty great detail just so when we roll in there, it's nothing's strange to us. So you guys grade yourselves a lot like a race team would, right? So on Tuesday, that's our debrief day for Stuart Haas Racing. That's when they go through everything from the weekend. You guys do something very similar there. I would say identical. Yeah, we, we do that. And and so for us, too, depending on the weekend that it is, you know, this past weekend with, you know, Xfinity uh, Series being there with the Monster Energy, you know, Cup Series, you know, we, we do. We There's – checklist and and notes and things that are taken throughout the weekend that we we get them all right out there on the table and uh you know what did we do right what did we do wrong and and what do we need to do to better ourselves the next time we visit the venue tj and i were very vocal at a lot of races this year on how a lot of the lineups were managed and the restarts were managed and i feel like the last few weeks it's gotten a lot better um as far as the way it runs and the accuracy of it 
Um, obviously, a big regime change for you guys on the Cup side this year. Brought in a lot of new people. Do you feel like those growing pains are kind of behind us now, or like, well, what do you? Where do you think we're at with that? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, you know, there's there's still you know some things that we're learning as we go along too, and and so uh, you know Jay Fabian, who who I work with directly, uh, you know, he and I we. It's been great working with Jay and, you know, uh, Casey talked about, you know, have known each other in the past and working with Wayne Alton, doing the same type of thing in the Xfinity Series, right. now doing the same thing with Jay on the cup side. It's uh, – I, I think we have a, a, a pretty neat dynamic, as Wayne and I did. You know, Jay handles a lot of the technical aspects of what we do. He's in charge of, of all the inspections that go on, whether it's, you know, when we first open up, going into qualifying and, and post-race. He's, he is an, as much a hands-on series director as I've seen in a long, long time. What that allows me to do then is focus on the logistics, you know, moving the tractor trailers in, making sure that the flow of inspection is doing what it needs to do. And if there's any hiccup along the way, um, to be able to try to, to put those fires out and solve them before they become infernos. Right. There's a lot of moving pieces that people probably don't understand. To, like he's saying, to get stuff set up for a race weekend, um, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make it flow good whenever we get there. And it starts for whenever you park your trucks and then you got to be prepared for all of us to show up sometimes three series, you know? So, um, there's a lot of things behind the scene that I don't think people think much about because you don't see it. You just get there and it's already set up, but there's a lot that goes on. Yeah. And you know know what, if, if they don't think about it, they don't have to think about it. It means that we're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think about it when we get there, everything's ready to go. And, and, um, I think, uh, you know, it was, um, it's been nice having having you in there. You've you've been very informative, especially from uh, like a spotter side of things. We were in the dark a lot about we we only got info when our crew chiefs told us stuff. We never got um, you know, we didn't get info a lot on certain things. And it's nice to get you know even weather updates sometimes. It's nice to be thought of. You know, we get we'll get an email saying you know hey, there's uh this in the area. Be prepared before. Um, it's just nice being informed, you know, yeah, it's communication is nice. definitely a lot better for yeah, us. Yeah, The communication is really good now. Well, so one, one of the things I try to do is I put myself in your position, you know, uh, there was a time and this was back in early two thousands, uh, when I worked for one of our two way radio companies that when the dash shares would run and I hear you talk about the dash shares quite yeah, often. I ran it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, buddy of mine that that I knew from the time he was five six years old, Zach Brewer. Zach mm-hmm. would come I up ran to me. Zach. Yeah, so he would come up to me, and and if if we were closed in the garage, I ran the the radio trailer in, in at the time the Bush Series garage. If we were closed, I'd go up and spot for him. And uh, so so I've I've had a chance to be in your shoes. Yeah, and so I know hey, what would be helpful for me if I'm sitting up here that I may not necessarily get unless I walk myself down to the garage and get it. Yeah. So I'll make sure to try to send you guys things that'll help you. The most important thing you send us is when you say we are not required for qualifying, by the way. That's that's my favorite email to get from you. (laughs) Well, you always question it. You never really know. You know, you're always, it's still nerve wracking as a spotter when your car is out there and you're not up there. Even if it's single car qualifying, you know, even that you're still like, "Mm, there's a car out there, (laughs) you know, something's going on. Um, But it is nice to know. And it's, um, it's been actually, I mean, it's been pleasant knowing and getting and just being informed. I mean, we were always at, hey, we were always waiting on for somebody else in the garage to tell us something, you know, crew chief or something. And there's so much going on down there. It's hard. You're, 
by the time you find out sometimes it was already old news yeah so. and and i get the same thing from the car chief too you know so i know the crew chiefs stay extremely busy sitting up in the hall or doing the, the things they do and it's over and above what goes on with that race car that's why there's a car chief right yeah so i make sure that a lot of times whatever i send to that crew chief the car chief gets copied on it that way I know that the crew members in the garage are going to have an right. opportunity to know. You're yeah. right, though. They're so focused on the car sometimes. There's times when the crew chief's at, hey, you know, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? You know, so, um, but it's just nice being informed. And I think all of us from the spotter side really appreciate it. And, and uh, I know I've sent you messages there for a while. Just, hey, this is super nice. Thanks for all the info. You know, it's just nice getting it and being thought of. So well, we the, appreciate that. I think the other element of that too is whether it's, you know, working with you guys or with the, the crew members in the garage, even right down to the hauler drivers who, who do such an amazing job. Man, yeah. That's one of the toughest jobs in our it sport. Is, man. I, I tell them all the time, you know, if you have an idea, if you have a, a suggestion or a thought, bring it to me. You know, the door's open. You yeah. know, and, and honestly, the door is open. Will we be able to accommodate everyone's request? No, I mean, I'm not going to be, yeah. you know, I'm not going to make anybody think that every time somebody comes up, but if I never know that there's an issue or, or something that's needed to happen, I, I can never make the correction. Yeah. Right. And, and we'll, sure. we'll always, we'll always look at every angle of it because sometimes, you know, what is good for you guys, you know, we have to think about all the other stakeholders that are, that are in play. It's always sure evolving. It Everything's always evolving too. Right. So if you, if you stay at the same, I mean, everything kind of moves a little bit at a time. So you might have, you got to adjust sometimes. So that's right. I mean, you, you just but, touched uh, on some of your older jobs. Like how did you get a start in racing and ultimately end up where you're at? Because <laughs> I mean, I, TJ and I get asked this all the time. How, how do you get to be a spotter? How do you get to be a hauler driver? How do you get to be whatever? Like, how did you get to be where you're at? How long is the show? Oh man. <laughs> so, so I am a third generation official, right? So when my my grandfather in the '60s worked at Bowman Gray Stadium, but he was also a part of uh, a group of uh, folks like Enix Staley, who happens to be my was my great uncle that not a lot of people know uh, from North Wilkesboro Speedway. Also had a big hand in, in some tracks throughout North Carolina. But Alvin Hawkins that comes from the Bowman Gray Stadium area, so. Between my grandfather and those working with Bill, Big Bill French Sr., um, they, were, they were working together a lot to get racing really going in, in the Piedmont of North Carolina. Right? So then comes along my dad. My dad jumps right in with both feet as an official, um, started at Bowman Gray State. That's, that's the only track, ironically, that I never worked at as a, <laughs> as a weekly official. Right. So, uh, but anyway, dad worked for NASCAR right up until I was about 13 years old uh, when, when he stepped away, uh, the travel at that time. And it was a small group. I, I have a, a, a staff photo, which I think is all, it's just so cool. There's about nine people in the staff photo. That's it. You know, and, and dad was one of them. So I'm, I'm proud to, to be able to do what dad did at that time. And so um, my first racing gig, and I was, I was talking with, with Matt about this a little while ago, was actually at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Um, I was handed a box of brochures, and as every fan came through the gate, me and a couple of my cousins, we'd stand there and we'd hand, hand out brochures out. for the yeah. next race. Yeah, you didn't have the internet, so we were social media at the time. Yeah, you going to be up there in December whenever they uh, clean it off to scan it because <laughs> oh, they're going to put it in iRacing. Oh, yeah. I think so. Uh, I will guarantee you, I'll be driving it when it pops up on iRacing for that, sure. Well, they said uh, if they could clean off the track, if they could get all the weeds off the track, they could scan it. That so, would be so awesome. Yeah, well, they're going to do it. Yeah. They're going to do it, I think. So that'd be really cool. But, you know, jumped in to work at Caraway Speedway was my first actual official's job. Um, it's a great racetrack, by the way. Man, yeah. for a racer, it is a great racetrack. It's, you have to know how to get to it because it's, it's kind of tucked away <laughs> in, in, the, in the 
mountains, so to speak, in the yep. hills. So, but it's a a great racetrack for for a racer to learn how to race. Uh, there are numerous amount of champ, you know, like any of the tracks here in North Carolina. But you know, when Skinner and, and Bobby Labonte and those guys, you know, the former track champions, there went on to to do what they right, did. Right. Um, so I had a blast working there right up until I got. Uh, kind of called up to go work for the truck series in 95 so and then from there just kind of kept digging along until you know in the so past how many years into this are you so from this point from 95 to 99 i worked for nascar okay as as an official and then my first daughter was born so i backed up and and tried to to work locally still within the racing world a little bit but tried to work locally and then uh throughout a couple of other jobs found out that working in the real world didn't agree with me yeah so and you know we we all say it once it's in your blood it's it's there so yeah in 08 had the opportunity to go back to work for nascar as the canin east director mm-hmm. uh did that for a few years and then we had some some uh, a shuffle that went on and and was the director of the west series for three or four years um, before going to work uh, with the xfinity series as the assistant director i think it was 15 that i, I made the jump over there yeah that's awesome man i think what's cool is you've literally worked almost in every aspect of the sport yeah you've put your time in each series to get to get to where you're at you know similar a lot of like a lot of spotters are that way i mean you kind of you kind of you do a you do a bush race first or an arca race and you kind of work your way in you know um you just work your way up real similar yeah a pace car driving thing man where'd that come from so just hand you the keys one day (laughs) well the the first time i ever drove a pace car happened to be at caraway and i don't remember what year it was but my dad was the race director there okay and so we're sitting there and i'm i'm a backup announcer i'm the second guy in the pa booth and we're Mm -hmm. we're announcing the race and the pace car's coming off a turn four skinner was in this race i believe and and all of a sudden the throttle stuck it was a dodge daytona but it was the hatchback version it was a Throttle stuck on this car, and as he came off the racetrack onto the transition to pit road, the wheel—it was a front-wheel drive car. The wheels cut left. He drove it straight into the guardrail. Wow! It backed off the guardrail and it went right back into it because he was locked onto the throttle. Yeah. Um, and and at the time, it was the son-in-law, of the track op- or the track owner, uh, Russell Hackett's son-in-law. So, my dad turned around and, and looked at me and pointed and said, "Find something to drive. You're the new pace car driver." That's how it happened. So, and you know, I don't question dad. Right. Off I go. And I, I don't remember what it was I drove, a pickup or the cleanup Whatever. truck. Whatever, yeah. But off I go. And so that started the pace car driving deal. Uh, and mm-hmm. I did that up until I went to work for the truck series. Uh, worked. Uh, I was the new guy with the truck series late 95, then into 96. Uh, 97, I was driving the pace truck for Wayne. Um, and then uh, – And the truck series was rolling back then. Not that it's not rolling now, but, I mean, there were some really big-name guys that were coming up. And a lot of trucks. I yeah. mean, and it was an opportunity for, for – and it still is, but it was really an opportunity when, when racing everywhere was booming, right? So, you, But you had late-model guys, different parts of the country that you would go that suddenly had a truck. Right, they'd show and, up. Oh, yeah. So And and it was just so fun to work. Um, you know, people will talk a lot about, you know, the old days of racing. That was kind of the old days. And I, and I think, you know – Fast forward to today where we, we have – we scale back a little bit on our inspection crew, and our inspection crew is dedicated to us. That's a throwback to the truck series days from the mid to late 90s. Right. right. I was in eighth grade when he's driving pace car. It's <laughs> a while ago. Jeez. I would think the pace Thanks. car thing's cool, though, right? Like, I wouldn't think that ever gets not cool. I mean, for us spotting, you know, Daytona 500 certainly is my favorite race. But beyond that, like, there's never not a time where I don't put my headset on right before a race and go – 
Man, this isn't cool. Like, it's always cool. I would think driving a pace car has got that same feeling, right? It, it is. And so, and I tell my kids this all the time, you know, I have an opportunity to, to be around race cars every day of the week. And when I was a kid, when I was in the eighth grade, that's, I knew that's what I wanted to do because it's what my dad did. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was fun. And so the, now I have that opportunity and have for the, for the last, you know, 20 years to be around race cars all the time. Yeah. And every other Friday I get a paycheck for it. Yeah. That's just yeah. the coolest You get thing. to look in the mirror on Sundays. And Saturday night sometimes and see a full field of cars directly right in your mirror. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would tell honorary drivers this all the time. As we're coming to the green, when we're going down the back stretch, look up in the mirror one time when you see the guys scrubbing in their tires and they're yeah. or they come wah, goosing, wah. they'll come goosing it up beside you. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Look back there. There are forty of the angriest race cars behind you right now, yeah. ready to go. And, ready to go. And you're holding them up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're ready to go. Soak it in. It that is a that is a, a fun feeling no matter where you are and no matter how long you've been doing it. Yeah. I always think well, it's cool, cool whenever, you know, the tower talks to those honorary pace car guys. You can hear it in their voice how excited they are to be out there driving, leading those Some guys. Some of them sound green. nervous. <laughs> They are extremely nervous. Yeah. They're, fumbling, they're nervous. fumbling for the button or they're trying yeah. to figure out. Or, yeah. And and sometimes they'll just look over at us and go, you answer him, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sound like me before my first Goodies Day Series race oh, at yeah. Daytona. That was, I was about ready to throw up. So oh. obviously you have a, a ton of responsibility each weekend and even during the week. What would you say is probably your most challenging role? The most challenging here lately has just become – with with the reconfiguration of a lot of garage areas and a lot of infields is, is trying to make everything fit and then not forgetting anything you know coming from uh doing the the garage layouts for the xfinity series over the to the cup series you don't realize how many other little things that you have to make sure fit into the garage that how do you do that do you guys have like a dry erase board and have all the things that you need to put in there Sort of, except I do it on the computer. computer. So the, yeah. the one thing, the one thing I do, and and I'll get on uh, Google Earth, yeah, and and hope that they have an updated image. Yeah. Uh, that has become a challenge now with uh, you know the reconfigurations at Richmond, at Phoenix, right. and you know coming up at Talladega. Yeah. Um. So that that won't be up to date. So we'll kind of use the Google Earth, but we'll incorporate a little bit of a CAD drawing in there too. And then uh, hope that the the CAD engineers had all the measurements right. Yeah. TJ crashed his drone, or we could go down there and get an aerial yeah, shot for you. Oh, yeah. I did crash it. That reminds yeah. me. I got, I got a crazy <laughs> question with you talking about some of that stuff. So these teams, and people may not realize this, these teams a lot of times bring in their own catering services, right? So like for Stuart House Racing, we have our own catering service. Yep. Obviously, the Garlic Garage, that caters, I think they do Hendrick and some of those other teams. So you're telling those guys where they can sit up? Yeah, and so that has become something that um, that I wasn't used to on the Xfinity side. And, and up until this point, it's kind of been, all right, we'll find a vacant corner for you and we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And so what I'm trying to, to do now is just kind of take that to a next level. I, I know the footprint they need, you know, I, I know that, that, uh, big John needs, you know, about 30 feet by 10 feet, right. you know, based on the tents that he uses, you know, garlic has a trailer that they use. Yeah. So I, I know I've, I've gotten better at knowing the footprint that they need. Yeah. I'll touch base with them. Hey, where have you gone in the past? And has it worked? It, kind of along the same lines of, of you guys. Right. If you've got offers or ideas, let me know. And if we can make it work, we definitely will. Right. But sometimes we're just going to have to suck yeah. it up and, yeah. and I mean, do what yeah. needs to be done. I can speak from experience. I feel like even on the sponsor side, some of the requests I imagine sponsors might have, you have, you're like, can I have a spot in the garage? And you're like, oh. Well. Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> yeah. and, and you hate to say it like that, but, you know, when, when the garages are as tight as they are and yeah. you're trying to fit, you know, 
40 tractor trailers in there plus all the stuff that has to be in there yeah. you know the the sponsors you know we most of the time they deal with the racetracks right. so if you know if the sponsors need something generally it's going to be in a vending area so that's outside the garage yeah you know but occasionally and especially when xfinity comes to play because you know them being a series sponsor well that's that's a whole nother ball right. game so so we do make sure that we take care of the folks who are, are actually sponsors of the series and i will say that i don't think we've had any issues whenever we go to you guys for requests i mean Y'all have made it work somehow, even when it's the craziest request. Yeah, so we, you have a tough job for sure. Well, it's a lot of tractor trailers, man. I mean, people don't realize yeah. all the all the tires that come in after the race or you before can, the yeah. race and after the race, getting rid of them. Like, man, it's crazy. Fans Pit boxes, yeah, tires. Fans don't I mean, realize like every weekend it's a different location, a yeah. different layout that you have to deal with, and each person has a role specifically. Well, like, and they also don't realize that pit boxes back in the day used to fold up and they used to go in the center <laughs> of the hollers. And that was it. You t- right. you brought everything and you took everything home. Now those have gotten so big. We have to have we have another company. Haul, they have other companies haul them for them because we can't fit them in our trucks. Yeah. So. Yep. And so you know we we we're sitting here talking about the the things that I'm responsible for and that I do and putting it on a piece of paper is what I do. It takes a hundred other people. Yeah. To make sure, sure that everything goes in its right place and. And so where that falls back on me is I got to make sure like this afternoon I'll 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 get the uh, the maps out to the folks who do organize all that. Yeah. You know, once the points are are finalized coming out of a weekend and and we'll we'll organize the garage, we'll go ahead and organize how every trailer is going to park and we get those out to those people that are doing all the yep. advance work. Yep. Awesome. All right, so we go into it, Casey? Yeah. How about uh Pristine auction. What are, what are we thinking we're going to bid on? So we got a gift for Casey today to bid on on pristineauction.com. Oh, really? smiling. So I thought exciting. we banned you and him from picking. Well, this is a good one. It's a racing related one. one. Ryan Dungey has a signed photo, and Casey loves Ryan Dungey. So we're going to place a bid on that. Are you going to complain try about to it? get it for Super Casey. Cross? Something wrong? I actually walking into the studio today. Somebody said, "Don't let them give you a hard time about bidding on Garth Brooks items." So maybe next week we'll bid on Garth Brooks again. That's not happening. I might have you a surprise. Really? Yeah, I forgot it. And I'll probably forget it again next week, so <laughs> remind me. Set a reminder in your phone. I might have lost it, but if I didn't lose it, I'd have you a now great surprise. Coming out. I might have a surprise, but just kidding, you might not ever Well, that's why I said might. I didn't say I do, because I might have lost it. But if I didn't lose it, I'd have you a really cool so surprise. So if you did lose Whatever. it, what was it? I'm not telling you. It's just a surprise. <laughs> Either way, please, nobody bid on this Ryan Dungey item. I really want it. So. Yeah, I put the bid in ends tomorrow, so I'll keep you updated. First topic: Eric Jones is qualified from P four and goes from three to forty five points below the cutoff line. I'm going to give this one to you, Kip, if that's okay. Yeah, you know, so the fans came to us. The fans, the the industry really came to us, and and part of uh, what they've been asking for over the last couple of years is the fact that we need to be able to finalize a finishing order at the track. So that's that's one of the things that we you know we it was a big initiative for us to be able to pull that off and go back to the way we used to do it um, by doing all of our inspections at the track. You know, and, and it's unfortunate for for these guys that you know that that they did have a, a problem with inspection. Um, and and now it puts them behind the eight ball. Yeah, I'm I'm spot on for the inspection process. Now we used to waiting waiting till middle of the week was terrible before, and 
now we know. We know. We know after the race. So I think that's been. We don't even hear about it anymore. If you're if you're if you're not right, you're not right. So which is what we've been we've been crying for. We've been asking for that to happen. So I'm spot on for the inspection process. If you're if you're caught, you're caught. So I'm spot off for uh, you know Eric. That's a tough break, man. He's had a solid. He's had a solid last couple months, and uh, this is really going to hurt him. I mean, Kip came from a local track where they would do the same thing, right? I mean, you had the the room of doom or whatever you want to call the inspection process. So I, I too, am spot on for the fact that we know that night where you rank. I'm also spot on because he failed because it moved me up in the points. It's one less guy that I got to pass and one less guy that I got to worry about. I mean, if Harry Jones does not go out and win this race at the Roval, he's out. He's not going to make it. So he's in a, he's in a do or die situation, but it helps Clint helps my race team. So, uh, sucks for those guys. I wonder if the top three were doing something too, cause man, we couldn't catch him. I, I, I was li- literally halfway through this race, TJ, looking at you, you were struggling. I was looking at me and I was running like sixth at the time. And I was like, we just finished second and third here in the spring. Why are we both not contending for this thing? But I mean, yeah. Gibbs was lights out that night, the, the grip, the speed and what they were able to do. I mean, one, two, three, four is crazy. Obviously fourth gets booted, but still that's insane to be able to pull that off. Next one, Martin Truex Jr. recovers from being spun by Stenhouse while leading to win his sixth race of 2019. TJ, spot on, spot off. I'm spot off because I think they gave him too many positions back from when he got rolling. But um, he either where whether he loses two more spots there, he's probably still going to win this race. He was fast, and uh, you know, unfortunate that he got spun by the by the 17. Um, but I, I don't think wherever Martin lined up, he was probably going to win that race. He was so he was super fast, so tough to beat him. Ricky Spinhouse, I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, my goodness, kid, what are you doing? Like, you're on fresh tires. You're going to pass the leader without any problem. He obviously got tired or something and wrecked the leader. It makes racing exciting. It changed kind of the whole uh, scope of what was going on at the time. It puts Martin, you know, at a position where we get to go watch him pass some cars, which passing, and we always say it's hard to pass. But for whatever reason, I saw a stat that we had half the passes in the race that we had from three years ago. It was hard as crap to pass. So for Martin to be able to go up there and do what he did win, spot on for him and his guys I mean they're hot right now I think they're the team to beat obviously Toyotas are fast but I mean when you look at Martin going up there and passing Kyle Busch at a place where Kyle Busch is maybe the best guy in the field at that particular racetrack that's a big feat for him do I get get to weigh in on this oh yes definitely all right so you know spot on for Martin for sure right so the one disadvantage that we have sitting in the pace car is is that happened and we didn't know what happened you know all we hear is put it out and then and we're told who the leader is and so we're you know, I, I ease out of the the spot that we're in down there at the end of pit road and looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror. And, you know, of <laughs> course, Martin had gotten away by the time we even got around there. So it it took a little while on us driving around a racetrack before we even figured out what was going on. But, you know, yeah. to sit there and, and we're watching the leaders go by as the race did go on. It was impressive how to come see. You don't how, keep like a fan vision or something in there. To, we, a, we do, but we're limited to what they show, right? So we we could see a I replay gotcha. a lot of times, yeah. and depending on where they are. Gotcha. Um, so we so here's a challenge with that too. So we we got a fan vision with us, and and we try to listen to the broadcast on the radio. But a lot of times, the only broadcast we get is on satellite radio, which gotcha. at Richmond is almost a lap behind. Gotcha. So it's uh, by the time you're here in trouble coming off. So it's. You're already rolling. We're, yeah, we're out on You're the You're rolling. Yeah. Yeah. You're hustling. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Before we get back into spot on and spot off, let us tell you a little about filtertime.com. It's an air filter subscription service co-owned by Blake Cook and Dale Jr. I'm a subscriber and it's awesome. 
We have a great deal for you to become a subscriber, too. I'm going to commit right now to becoming a subscriber because my filters are absolutely horrible. And 90% of us spend 90% of our time indoors. And indoor quality is almost five times worse than outdoors because you need to change your freaking filters. Yeah, FilterTime.com lets you get cleaner indoor air quality with higher quality air filters made right here in North Carolina. They send you the exact filters you need on the schedule that you choose so you never have to forget. And that's what I do, man. I forget. And then I end up needing to go to Lowe's or need to go to Home Depot. Then I don't have time to do that. The next thing you know, my dirty filters just stay in the freaking thing. So this is an opportunity for you guys to go online, filtertime.com, and have your filters delivered to your house. Yeah, shipping is always free. And you pay the same price as the air filters are in the store. So there's no extra money. There are no contracts or fees. And uh, you can pause or cancel your subscription anytime. Yeah, you can change your air filters on time, and you can save 15% on your monthly heating and cooling costs. That's a big deal. Yeah, not only that, a dirty air filter is the number one reason for HVAC service calls and failures. Use filtertime.com to change your air filters on time and prevent those failures. I, I can tell you, when I take mine out, they're filthy. Most people just say HVAC. They don't say HVAC. <laughs> Wow, whatever you want to call it. For door bumper clear listeners, hey, go to filtertime.com right now. You can get 20% off your first order of air filters by using the coupon code DBC at checkout. That's how easy it is. Take advantage of this, guys. It's an awesome offer. Yeah, and you know, um, I did this. uh, I I had a subscription code, and I went in there and did this. And, man, it's been great. I've really enjoyed um, work, you know, ordering from them and, uh, got them and they delivered right to my front door. Changed them when out they, when they bring them. Will they do what I love the, the the delivery guys do? Will they ring the doorbell so your dogs will go nuts? That way you know they're there. Uh, I don't think I was home when they got delivered. No, nah. so I'm not. You sure. got the ring out though. You're always spying on your stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm always. So you saw your filter time stuff get delivered by I your did. ring app. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, so I did this. Uh, I re- I did actually do this and man, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. I can tell you right now that's 100% true that your your AC unit works twice as hard when your air, fil- air filters are dirty. So and it's fall, but it's still 90 freaking degrees outside. You need your, you need your HVAC unit to you, work. TJ. You know when we take them out, you look at them and you're like, man, look how dirty this thing is. It's crazy. Check air filters off your to-do list for good right now at filtertime.com. Don't forget your coupon code DBC. These guys are sponsoring our podcast. We can't do this show without sponsors. Go support these guys. Alex Bowman on the radio after being spun by Austin Dillon. Jason, you want to read this one? Lee Spencer tweeted the quote on Saturday night. I'm going to shove that silver spoon he's been fed off all his life up his ass, said Alex Bowman about <laughs> Austin Dillon. After Do you have to beep yourself out on this, Jason? No, wow. I think okay. that word's good. Brett, he, he can say that word. this one is definitely for you. <laughs> I'm spot on because I love this kind of stuff, right? I mean, this is a guy who's mad, and obviously he's mad at Austin Dillon, and I mean, look, Austin Dillon is a, a Truck Series champion. He's an Xfinity Series champion. He's a Daytona 500 champion. Um, Silver Spoon or not, the kid can drive a race car. But it's awesome that they're mad at each other, and I hope they get into it again this weekend. And it's um, Alex Bowman is a guy that I'm racing. So I would love to see uh, those guys retaliate against one another behind me on the racetrack so I don't have to worry about getting involved, and it's just another guy I can easily pass. Uh, yeah, I'm spot on. I like – I mean, this is great when people get mad at each other and not, you know – at this point, this is great. Doesn't do, you know, and if they start, gets carried away, which it usually doesn't. Um, but this is good. I mean, this is, people eat this up. They like to hear it. People getting mad at each other. And and uh, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll get into it a little bit. Like, Brett needs it, so. Yeah. 
I'll take it. Okay, I don't have any spots for this, and I'm going to stay away from that. But <laughs> what I will say is what this does show is, is how important every race is from this point forward. And when things like this do happen, how how – I don't know the the right word. Not excited, but how just up on edge. It's intense, man. It is. These drivers yeah. are, and especially if you're right now, if you're if you're in that bottom three, then it's uh, it's going to be tough. I think what was cool is seeing anything, any type of situation like this when Austin Dillon fans are going back to Alex and like, I hate you, you suck, like all this stuff on Twitter, and then Alex Bowman fans are fighting back too. Like, there's such a rally behind these drivers. Well, I mean, that's not, what's great about the yeah. sport, though. That's how it's always been. Back in the day, you were either Earnhardt or, you know, who was – I mean, you were either – like, Jeff, when Jeff came in there, it was – It's just like Kyle Bush now. You either love a guy or you hate him. Yeah, right. but the, the yeah. fans, like, if you were a Rusty fan, you didn't like the you didn't like the three. No. You know? And we have but this it, all year round, but during the playoffs, yeah. what I, I love about the playoffs because it just brings it all together. Rivalries oh, yeah. are good. Yeah. Rivalries I are mean, good. I mean, you got – you know, obviously there's 16 teams in this playoff, but there's – Six teams that legitimately are racing for the rest of the year. The, the year there's five guys in this race that don't even have to start their car by points. Like they're gonna make it on to the next round. Right. But the rest of us, man, we uh, we got our work cut out for us. So I think the intensity of that to me, it's a true playoff system. You know what I mean? When we had the chase and we had the ten races, we certainly had. We, we eliminated one another, but it was just more organic. Like, the way this thing is set up round after round after round, you see yourself physically going by. So there's a lot of pressure on all of us Before this Before the playoffs, we, you were 10th in points right now. You were, your season was done. Yeah. Now, 10th in points has a legitimate shot of a championship still. Championship, for That's sure. Right. Yep. Round by round. Next one, spot on, spot off. Daniel Hemrick not returning to RCR in 2020. What do you think? Yeah, anytime you hear about a, a driver that's that's losing an opportunity, that's definitely spot off, right? And but I understand that that this is a business, and we all do. And you know, I hate it for Daniel. I've known Daniel and, and Kenzie. You know, Kenzie raced with us in the for Canyon sure. Series when yeah, I had yeah. that for a long Great time. Great race car driver. So you know, I, I hate it for for them because uh, you know I don't believe that the the right chemistry has been there yet for Daniel to really showcase his talent. Um, yeah. We anybody that's seen him race, you know, throughout the years knows he can get it done. But I think it also magnifies how tough it really is in the Cup Series. Uh, so it's it 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 takes everything. It's not just a driver, certainly not just Daniel, and it's and it's not anybody on that team. It's just everything working together. And I think this is an unfortunate circumstance of that. Yeah, it's hard to be spot on or spot off for this because there's two great people involved in it as well, like Daniel. What people don't know is Daniel, a lot of people don't probably know that Daniel was the guy to beat in super late models for a while. When he showed up, you're almost running for second. Right. And he would beat guys like Chase Elliott. Um, he was racing against a lot of guys back then. He was the guy to beat. And he's kind of worked his way up. Um, like you said, though, the chemistry just probably wasn't quite there yet. I think Daniel has an opportunity to still get in the right scenario. I think he's done a lot of good things, and I think um, – that if he sticks with it and, and and is patient, I think the right opportunity could possibly come up for him. But you know, putting Reddick's ready to me. He's, he's ready to me. Tyler Reddick is he's more cup ready, I think, than Daniel Hemrick was at the time. I agree. So um, I understand the business part of that, and I I, I agree with the move. I just Daniel's such a good person, um, and nothing against Tyler. Tyler's earned the spot as well, so this is a business decision for them. But I don't think I don't think you've heard the last of Daniel Hemrick. Hey, I, don't, you, I don't think so. Would you have said the same thing about Tyler last year though? At this time, I mean, granted, he's he is the defending Xfinity Series champion, but I think man, they were 
they were a great race team, but he really came on at the end. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, so. I wouldn't have said the same thing last year. I, to me, I've always, time, been a, I've always been a, you need two full years of Xfinity racing before you're ready to jump into the cup car. And he hadn't had two full years yet. He ran a partial schedule the year before that, right? Yeah, yep. he ran the 42-some. To me, you got it. And I think guys like Christopher Bell, I think they're just more prepared for the, the longevity of the season, the tracks, they, and, and Tyler's, to me, Tyler... Tyler has grown a lot this year. I've seen more out of Tyler this year. It started with last year around this time, but he's carried that into this year and shown that he can be he can he can be the guy to beat. You know, he can he can do this stuff. He's gonna he's gonna have some learning curves when he gets to that Cup Series. That car doesn't fold out like that Xfinity car does. No, but one of the things I think that it shows though for Tyler this year is the fact that the chemistry was. It seemed like it was there right out of the box for that for that group. For sure. You know? yeah. yeah, they were quick right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I mean, and I think uh, you know, first of all, Daniel Hemrick is one of the nicest guys I've been around in the garage yeah. in a very long time. I mean, a, a true gentleman and a guy that I think a lot of, and I, and I think that he certainly belongs in a Cup car. Um, obviously, when you're you're in the position he was in last year, he was racing against Cup guys. He was not winning races, and Tyler Reddick gets in that same car and he set the world on fire. And, and I think to your point, Kip, like you know, Tyler Reddick a year ago was at JRM. He was here. He was a teammate of ours, right. and we certainly saw a lot of potential, but we saw a lot of mistakes. And he would tear up a lot of race cars. He not. I literally remember over the radio telling Elliot, I think we were at Vegas. If you run the high line right here, I think you'll hit the wall behind you. And Elliot moved up, and literally, Tyler, uh, the very next lap, knocked the whole right side off of it. We didn't see him again the rest of the race. He's matured on that level. He's winning a lot of races. He deserves a shot. We said last week, silly season's about to blow up again. Yeah. That was, was your teammate when draws. you did that? Yeah. Oh, Jeez, Brett. Hey, man, we're trying to run top five. <laughs> Are you surprised? It's Brett. Just what? Saying. I'm just trying to help my guy. I wasn't trying to screw that guy, but I did predict the future, and it did happen. <laughs> Tyler Reddick's a hell of a race car driver. So yeah. it's basically you th- confirmed he's going to the. I didn't say he was going there, but I, that makes sense. Hmm. <laughs> they, I think TJ said it. They announced it. Did they? I don't well, think they announced so. it. Adam's turn to it. Adam's turn. I think yeah. you just announced he's expected. it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's what makes sense. State yeah. the obvious, but yeah. That's actually my old team. I mean, Luke Lambert was my engineer uh, when Jeff Burton drove that car, and obviously Richard Childress, and there's still a lot of guys there, and the car chiefs over there. I mean, it's it's a lot of good guys on that race team. Yeah. Well, if Tyler goes there, he's ready. Ready, Reddick. Ready, Reddick. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, my former boss comes to the studio, Rick Hendrick. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, and an encore performance at 9 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter base basic information about your home and the next day we'll send you a great offer it's free and there's no obligation we want to buy your home so request your offer today offer pad move freely yo if you're buying or selling a home check out offerpad.com because they are the easiest way to sell your house the entire process is completed online, eliminating the hassle of buying and selling. It only takes five minutes to submit your house. You go in there, you type in a little bit of info, what your name is, where you live, who you want to be with, and then bam, you get an offer on your house. 
Yeah, join thousands of happy homeowners who have already sold to OfferPad and visit OfferPad.com. And the best part is when you buy they you move s- you. you sell with OfferPad, man, they move you for free. It's awesome. Brett shows up in a white tank top and moves your stuff. Oh. No shirt. No. Please no. <laughs> OfferPad.com. Let's go into fast lane. Three racing questions. One off the wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question. First question. Michael Waltrip suggested that the Xfinity series and truck series should take stage breaks without live pit stops to save teams money and give fans more racing action. Would you like to see this happen? How about you, Brett? Man, I, I am 100% on board with this in the truck series. I really feel like the Xfinity series, though, is not a good place for it. On the, on the truck side, I think it clearly could save these teams a lot of money in, in terms of what they're having to pay to travel these pit crews in and actually pay the guys to jump over the wall. However, to me, the Xfinity series is a driver – you need to practice the live pit stop to get ready for the Cup Series. So I really wouldn't want to see that happen in Xfinity Series. Uh, TJ, be I, nice. I've, I've mentioned this before. I think the Truck Series should do it because that opens the doors. I think you don't have to have live pit stops at that point. So you might be able to you might be able to go to some facilities that doesn't have to have the pit road where guys can jump over the wall. So I don't know if that matters into the equation or not, but. Um, you know, with a with a break, you can you can manage stuff a lot a lot easier. Um, I, I think the truck series should still do it. I think they should still do it. I think they should go to South Boston, Myrtle Beach, and Myrtle uh, Beach. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Kip, what do you think? Yeah, so this kind of takes a page out of the touring series, right? The K&N series, where where I spent you know quite a few years there. And the one thing that we used to tell our teams all the time is that we. We don't want a bad pit stop to take a team out of a race, right? So I think this does make sense in the truck series. Like at that level, at that level, Absolutely. it shouldn't be about the pit crew. No, so you know we would limit the crew members. We you know we would tell them what they could do. Uh, you couldn't, you know, for example, in the, in the in the touring series, you couldn't change tires and add fuel at the same time. Yeah, and then when we we did start going to more and more breaks. Um, e- even then, it was a controlled stop. You know, everybody come in and you stop and yeah. So and I. Are you really you really ding me on that? Keep, you can keep going. Okay. You can't ding the assistant series director. So, they don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I think that that one thing that that the Canaan series has done though this year is they've they've put in a couple of breaks, and so now it gives a, a team an opportunity to to have a little bit of strategy now. So if you want to stay out and retain and, and move up spot to retain your position, yeah. you can certainly do that. But if you need to come in, make an adjustment, add some gas. Yeah, have at it. Cool. Yeah, I, I, to me, it opens the door for. Local guys. Mm-hmm. It opens the door for Peyton Sellers to build a truck, go run South Boston, and not have to worry about well, he's going to come in fifth and go out 20th because he doesn't have anybody there but his, his brothers and stuff to change his tires. You know, to me, it opens the door for more of that stuff, and I think that'd be great. We got a bigger problem, though. Jason is is graduating from college. He is getting his resume together. He wants to work in the sport. He just admitted to to the assistant series director that he blew a motor over the weekend partying, and then he dinged him for talking too damn long. I apologize. Jason, this is not good career path that you're taking it. He's probably going to hand him his resume after. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to the weekend with Jason here. After, don't after you worry. I'm going for a competition job, though. I think you've got a social media well, job. that's going to work. <laughs> that sounds like an even better idea, Jason. Yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> You're out. 
You're fired. Oh, uh, we're going to the Roval for a playoffs elimination race, both of which didn't exist six years ago. What has been the most innovative innovative idea that NASCAR has successfully implemented during your time in the sport? Kip, we'll start with you. We went over the fact that I've been in the sport for my entire life, right? (laughs) Since chariots. You know, so... (laughs) Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Not quite that. Not to agree. Sorry. You know, so... Wow. Most innovative idea. I think that... From a competition side, I, I you know we we strive to make sure that everyone has the same opportunity. You know to make sure that you know someone doesn't have an advantage over someone. You know, but whether it's because of uh, uh, they found a, a part of the rule or or because maybe we've made a mistake or whatever. So I you know I think a lot of what we do today with computers, whether it's inspecting race cars in the OSS tent, um, whether it's um, uh, timing and scoring. You know, the pit road speeds up down pit road. How how many times did we hear that, you know, we we used to do that with uh, with a handful of people and a bunch of stopwatches. And so you would miss folks. So you guys need to, you know, to regulate that more. Well, we did. And look what happened, you know. But now I think more than ever, you know, the guys that do get caught for speeding, you know, they, they don't have much of a no argument. No. no, they don't. I mean, and, and it is by the the tenth of a mile an hour or less. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, guys yeah. pushing things to the edge. But the, but one thing we can say for sure is that it is the same for everybody. So I think electronics, computers, all of that that's come on the, into the sport in the last you know ten fifteen years yeah. has really it, helped. It's us. an easy answer for me. I mean, when I look at Homestead, when I look at Phoenix, man, we go down there now with a lot more relaxed dress code. I'm, I'm super happy with that innovation and, and those guys letting these hot race fans walk in with these cut-off jean shorts and cowboy boots and tank tops. We just want TJ and I to be able to wear them. That's true. <laughs> uh, you know, Kitten nailed a bunch of them there with pit road speeds, with, you know, getting everything slowed down on pit road uh, to the playoff system that's great now. Um, but I got to go with safer barriers, man. Uh, for sure. Safer barriers have changed a lot of things. Uh, Saved a lot of lives. They, they've done – Tremendous. They've saved a lot of people, man. So I, I've got to go with safer barriers. Sorry, Casey. <laughs> Waiting on you. We know it's hard sec. to be ready on over there. Uh, Alex Bowman, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, and Eric Jones enter the pl- elimination race at the Roval below the cutoff line. Will the same four drivers get eliminated on Sunday? And if not, who will? Uh, TJ, do you want to take this one first? Uh, sure, man. It's it's you could roll the dice right here. I, I mean, to me, unless Ryan Newman or Ryan Blaney have an issue, they're probably going to be okay. But between the ten, the twenty-four, the eighty-eight, the fourteen, the one, and the twenty, that is going to be. I wish we could just line them up in that order and run like a 10-lap heat race or something and just who – you know what I mean? Like a dash? <laughs> like a dash, <laughs> a dash, a playoff dash. Who's in, who's out? Kip, we can take this one. Yeah, so you know, I agree with TJ. It's uh, between and, – and you added the other two that are kind of in the mix there as well. It's it's going to be a uh, – it's the same we used to use at Caraway. It's going to be a barn burner. It definitely will be. Um you know, uh, Ryan Blaney coming as off as the defending winner. I mean, he's he's kind of got a leg up over those guys, but not much of one because I think at at the Roval there is uh, any corner throughout the infield of that racetrack could be a calamity corner. It is it is that technical of a of a course. 
I, I, I don't. Yeah, TJ says Blaney and Newman are safe. I don't think they're so. not safe, but they're um, if, quiet if, race for them. If we'll get we them didn't have stage points, I would absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, I can make up ten points on Ryan Newman in the very first stage, and if he has a problem uh, and and doesn't return to the racetrack or tears his car up, I mean, we saw some massive wrecks there during testing last year during um, the practices during the race, not so much because those guys figured the course out. But here we are with a different course. You guys changed the backstretch chicane. So I think that, that I like my chances to get in. I mean, for me, uh, a guy like William Byron, ugh, I mean, he's only been doing this a couple of years. These cars are heavy. Road courses are hard. You know, I, I, I can't speak to who's going to be out, but I like Clint Boyer's chances to get in. And I'm not just saying that because he's my guy. He's a great road racer. We ran second or third there last year. And we, we got to go do what we did uh, at Richmond, get stage points, single-digit finish, and I think we'll be fine. I mean, with the Roval, you, you really never know what never could happen. Know. Just think, think about the finish last year. Never so know. I think it'll be a great way to great wild race cards to here are going to be the one and the 20 because they can be super aggressive the one can really yeah. go crazy with his pit strategy and that's where you can really get in situations where you see guys make up a lot of points really quick on those stages so 20 as well he can 20 can go crazy because there's the, no the chance fence. he gets yeah. in on points zero yep. chance I'm agreed off the wall question a restaurant in england is helping its customers from having to decide between dessert menu options by putting a pie inside a cake and selling slices which two desserts would you combine to create the ultimate sweet creation brett i'm not a big dessert guy but i love cream brulee and i love german chocolate cake so i don't know how we pull that off but if we could put those two together i'm down yeah i mean what if you could bite into a a warm piece of like red velvet cake and have like vanilla ice cream in the middle of it cold hmm That'd be pretty good. That's that'd be mine. Yeah, see, and I was going the red velvet route too, red but with a so good. Yeah, but with a big slice of uh, cheesecake in the middle. Of oh, it. I love cheesecake Ooh. too. What if you did red velvet? You know that chocolate cake that um, what that nice red Burt dough? Red rocks. Oh yeah, red rocks. Yeah, has the what best if you? Chocolate yeah, cake. what yep. if you could take a really the best red velvet and that chocolate cake yeah. and do like every other slice. That chocolate cake's delicious. I'd be 300 pounds. If you're in town for the Roval this weekend, <laughs> go to Red go Rocks there, yep. at exit 25 in Huntersville and get the chocolate cake. Tell, Tell Ron we sent you. Yes. so good. Tell Ron, hey. <laughs> it's so good. Jason, what would you pick? I was thinking the chocolate cake and ice cream in the middle, like Jason TJ said. wants a Happy Meal from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> McFlurry? Not enough. Um, Casey, what about you? I would do a pazuki, like the what? What? cookie. The, okay. I know. Is that something they use in the army? I yes, I make it. It's a half-baked cookie. It's in it's like a, a hard cookie gum, skillet. It's a bazooka gum. Yeah. It's a cookie skillet, like half-baked cookie, though, and then ice cream. But I would put a nothing, nothing bunt cake on top. Oh, yeah. Those are good, too. How are you mm. so skinny talking like that? <laughs> mm. I don't. Mm. Good metabolism. Know. It's catching up to me. Can you send me the recipe for that cookie thing? Because my kids might like that. You know that yeah. restaurant? What did you call it? A, a who? Well, a pazuki is what they call it at that <laughs> it restaurant. Like a dog. BJ's. <laughs> but it's a cookie. It's basically like a cookie skillet. It's what kind just, of dog you get a pazuki? Pazuki? That's what kind of motorcycle you're That yeah. restaurant BJ's, that's where they have them. Oh. But it's really a cookie skillet. You know that 99 restaurant in Loudon? You ever seen those? The ni- yeah. They're 99. Yeah, so yeah. they've got a dessert there. And Josh, uh, my roommate, got it last year. And it was cooked on a. A skillet, I guess a cast iron, and it's a little one. It's got like a brownie on it and ice cream on it. It's just melting. Looks really good. He grabs onto the cast iron skillet <laughs> with his hand. He burps himself, and I'm videoing him as this happens. It's hilarious. He grabbed onto that thing. He's like, 
ooh, that's hot. I'm like, yeah, it's a cast iron skillet, yeah. you know? And your, your ice cream's like melting on it. Yeah, it is pretty nice. Man, we love pristineauction.com, an online auction site with the only the most authentic and affordable memorabilia. Yeah, we've really enjoyed them, and they have the many different types of auctions, including the daily auctions, with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly. Also, the 10-minute auction is a great way to bid quickly and win some really cool stuff, one of my favorites. They guarantee the authenticity of all items, and each comes with an authentication form, only the most trusted sources, and these items are much more affordable than you think. And I think that's the key thing, man. When you think about autograph memorabilia, sometimes Expensive. the price will scare you off, not with these guys. Yeah, yeah check out some of these items uh, that went for low prices. A Mario Andretti... Uh, photo for only twenty two fifty. A Janet Guthrie signed photo went for just twenty bucks. Guy Fieri had a signed photo go for just twenty dollars. Lots of good, cool non sports memorabilia. I know Guy too. Fieri. He's a cool dude. He's fun. Yeah, that's he's got, got crazy, crazy hair. hair. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. quick and quick and free to register, free to bid, and you only pay when you win. When you win, as an EBC listener, here's the coolest part: you get a discount. You get five bucks into your account just by going on and saying that you are a DBC listener. Enter the word "clear" in the registration code box. C L E A R. Yeah, with that five dollars, you can easily win a uh, picture of Casey's wedding easily. <laughs> just wait. Give it time. <laughs> I've only seen like hundreds of them. Yeah. Do you think there's a photo we haven't seen yet from Casey's wedding? Oh, I no, have an, a whole album. Can actually. I just come over to your no house way. and we, we sit around tell. and look at them? We couldn't tell. Yes, sure. Yeah. I, anytime. Do you have like Apple TV where we can put them up on the TV and just scroll Slide through? Show? Them yes. Yeah. And put some cool music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like. Can yeah, Jason like, bring his three I can, buddies? I can and a, frame a few more for claws. you. If I'd like. Yeah, yeah, Jason bring his three buddies and their white claws, and we, we can <laughs> blow motors. Go to pristineauction.com <laughs> if you love DBC. Make sure you tell them uh, with that registration code C L E A R. It's P R I S T I N E auction.com. Shall we head into Ask DBC? Let's do it. This first question comes from Go Ducks forty two underscore Mick. Uh, it appears because of aggressive restarts, tires being cut or rubbing fenders has increased. Can teams risk being less aggressive with on restarts with track position being so important? TJ. These restarts are wild because of this package. The package that we run now bunches us up together more on restarts, and that's what's happening. We're running out of space. We're putting... We are four wide more now than we have ever been, in my opinion. We are four wide racing and... The more you get on a restart, the easier it is. It's hard to pass when everything gets singled out. So you're trying to get, you have all these drivers trying to get as much as they can from the time they go green for that first lap. So, and they run out of space, which is, I mean, that's racing. That's what yeah, racing is. So. We're behind eight ball in this in this playoff round because of exactly what this guy's asking about. We tried to make a move to the high side on a restart with Busher. He made a super late block. Clint tried to shoot the middle the same time he tried to shoot the middle. Blaney shot the middle. Boom, we hit. We cut a left rear. We had to pit. We lost a lap and never really gained it back. So we lost a ton of points. We were running in the top 15 at that point. Ended up finishing 25th. So we gave up at least 10 points with a restart error. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to TJ's point, it's so hard to pass, and these restarts are so important, and they're so racy. That's when our cars are the most racy is on these restarts. So if you're going to get a guy, you got to get him in. Um, yeah, so I, I listened to you guys a week or so ago, maybe in last week, talking about when the green flag goes, you think we ought to be able just to go, right, instead of having to wait to the start finish line. I think this is a big reason why we don't do that. Um, it I, every time that I hear people talk about that, I envision a motorcycle race 
and a hole shot trying to get down to that first turn and you know one of the reasons we went to the rule that we've got today is to keep from stacking them up five wide and crashing them in the first turn and losing all the race cars at the first lap of the race or whatever restart should happen to be so yeah you know i i think now more so than ever you can't give up anything on these restarts or or the start you know of a, of a race you're gonna have to, yeah. to dig in and get going and 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 just hope that you don't uh you know yeah get into i like the start splitter. finish line deal if you don't we're gonna be laying back getting big runs and it's gonna be it's gonna be chaos it's yeah. our, we're gonna be six wide at the start finish line because everyone's gonna try to time it and if you if the green there's gonna be i just don't think we can do it and not put you guys in a box there because you're gonna be looking who pulls out when or are you you know who's where and I think it's. I think the system works really good right now. This next question is definitely for Kip. I know. Actually, the last three are all for Kip. So basically, <laughs> Brett, is, TJ, you can stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one is from Tyler Head eighteen. October is usually the time when NASCAR announces the following year's rules package. Are there any changes or tweaks being rumored for next season? Yeah, so this is the part where I get to say, go see Jay. You know, so (laughs) one of the things I did talk about, though, is that the fact that, you know, Jay and and, and even a step further than that, you know, our our guys are extremely talented group of guys that are back in the R&D portion of our office. You know, they they are working on that. Um, The great thing thing about our sport today is that there is a collaborative effort that goes on between us and the teams and the sponsors and so on and so forth that you know so there are things that are I'm sure being looked at the beauty about what I get to do is I don't have to worry about that right now so um, you know I I hate to to say that you know like I would normally to a a team go see Jay but so we we hear rumblings of big things are coming with a Gen 7 car big things are coming with a motor package right so like from your perspective, when the OEMs come to the table with you guys, is it a tug of war a lot of times between them internally, or, or a lot of times do they come to the table and they all three kind of want the same things? Yeah. So in the meetings that I that I've been a, a part of, I, I don't see much of the tug of war. Generally, it's maybe after all that's happened. Okay. Um. So so I can't really answer that one. You know, so much, but but I do know that by the time that I'm you know generally brought into those, it's nailing down the the the, the fine tune items. Okay, you know, uh, so yeah. I, I just care. I mean, because the OEMs, obviously Chevrolet, Toyota, Ford, they're going to want to beat each other. Sure. So I would imagine yeah. the ideas that they're going to have are to beat one another. But I just was curious when they come to you guys because, like you said, it is a collaborative effort. Yeah. The one one thing I think is cool is that you know. Um, Ford, Chevy, and, and Toyota, they don't have the opportunity to to pass something by without the other two knowing what they're doing. Right. And yeah. so, and I think that because of that, it, it, it makes it easier on us to keep the playing field level because, yeah. you know, everybody signs off on, everybody's in agreement mm-hmm. on it. But I think now more than ever, and we'll see it uh, when we see the, the new car come out in 21, is how much those cars are going to resemble, uh, you know, what, what we see out on the street, even more so than, than they do now. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Kip, another one for you. Uh, Kaniac underscore nation asks, who has been the most fun to ride with in the pace car? Yeah, so that one, uh, we've had so many honorary drivers. And, and granted, I've, I've only really been in the, the pace car for the Cup Series for this year, but, you know, throughout the last couple of years in the Xfinity Series, but we all get to work with these honorary drivers. And probably the, the one that was the most fun was um, – Chip Gaines. 
we were in uh, Texas at Texas Motor Speedway a couple yep. of years ago, and Chip and Joanna and all their kids yeah. show up, and you know everybody knows Chip from from oh yeah you know yeah the TV show there fixer up yeah yep so he comes up and and we're there and Chev- it's a Chevrolet racetrack so we've got our uh, Camaros out there and and we're giving rides to the to the fans and to the ones who have, have paid to come up and ride and and generally when we're doing that we're running about a hundred maybe a touch more than a hundred around the racetrack and and so there's me and there's Terry Labonte and a couple others that are driving so they're out there and they're really moving so chip comes over and i introduce myself to him and there's a lot of media around and he gets in the car and he's you know well the first thing i have to tell him dude you're in the car you're in the driver's seat now training starts right now and he's he's like a kid in a candy store and i tell him i said yep so today you get to go 45 miles an hour (laughs) he looked over at me and i i'm not going to say what he said to me but he uh he was not impressed with 45 mile an hour (laughs) what made it even better was the fact that you know once we get out there on the racetrack and i'm showing him the line to run and telling him how how critical it is to run pit road speed yeah here comes his wife and his kids they're riding with one of the, oh, the drivers they, blow by. they go <laughs> yeah they go flying by us oh, yeah and uh, so anyway we 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 finished that up and we put him in the car with terry and terry so ride a little bit yeah, yeah and they had a good time then, then the cool. funny part about that was i took joanna and the kids around with me and so we're running about 100 around the racetrack, but I stay right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Terry has got Chip right up on the wall oh, all the yeah. way around the racetrack, and she looks over at me and goes, why won't you go way up there? And I said, "I said, with all due respect, ma'am, I said, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have, and yeah. if he scrapes his car against that wall, it's Terry Labonte. If yeah. I if I bend this car up at all, it is a long walk back <laughs> yeah, to North Carolina. I'm in real big yeah. trouble. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. You have had some really cool experiences. That's awesome. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, look at this next guy. Of course. Your number one fan, <laughs> Landon Castle, asks if you can tell all the listeners how you discovered and you were discovered and hired to be the all-time greatest driver's <laughs> meeting host. That's funny. So for 20-some-odd years, I had the opportunity to announce football, basketball, and, and baseball and softball at my former high school where I went to, to school. Um just up the road in, in Welcome, North Davidson High School. So um, throughout doing that and, and had a blast doing it, um, have not been able to announce as much. And, and since then, we've built a new high school in the area, and so I made the transition over to Oak Grove High School to where I still get to go and announce some basketball games. Um, we were at Michigan earlier in the year, first first trip to Michigan. and I liked that race. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> so we're we're there, and and I get approached by uh, by Jay. And what normally happens is we have someone out of our Daytona office that'll go up and welcome everyone to the meeting and introduce our special guest. And for whatever the reason, and I'm, I'm sure it involved actually planning for the upcoming seasons. No one was available to be there at that time. They were going to be there for the race, but you know what? Drivers meetings are two hours before the race. So I'm handed the script and said, "You're you're it today." So I'm, okay, how did I get picked to do this? Well, you've announced ball games. Surely you can do this too. So, you know, I look over the script, and <laughs> thankfully there there wasn't a whole lot of names that, that I could really butcher. And De Benedetto was not hard to say, by the way. I can't do it. It's, I know a, it's hard for him. De yeah. Benedetto. Wow, that's your best one. That's your best one. He's in the shower. Di Benedetto. That's what I've been doing. Now, now if you can say the the Benedetto without the D part, you'll be even better. Yeah. (laughs) But at any rate, you know, they they came up and and asked if I would do that. So I put on my announcer voice and off I go. And so the meeting was over. And next thing I know, here comes Leonard Wood walking in the trailer. Oh, that's awesome. He said, 
where they've been hiding you? Why aren't you doing that? And so he goes up and tells, you know, Mr. Heldon, and he tells Steve O'Donnell, and he tells everybody <laughs> that'll listen, yeah, this this guy needs to be doing this. Richard Childress walks in. This guy needs to be doing this. Yeah. I even got stopped by Kyle Bush along the pit wall one time. This guy needs to be doing this. So the next thing I know is, is I'm in there every week. And, and I won't lie, I, I love doing that. That's I, cool, man. It's, it's yeah. another opportunity to meet some really great people within the industry. And yeah. and I'm a little bit of a ham, too, when I have that microphone. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So everyone this week wins a DB shirt, right, Brett? Yep, everybody wins a shirt. Even Landon Castle? Even Landon Castle. <laughs> Landon's <laughs> a big fan. If you bring him to the racetrack this week and we can give it to him in the garage. Yeah, well, get his address. I don't know where he lives. <laughs> Landon's never been on here, has he? <laughs> no, we've talked about it, but he's never been he on. He was one of the first ones that wanted to come on and do it. We uh-huh. should have Landon on. We should. He's been yeah. asking for It's been years now. Sorry, Landon. And then this week's DBC reviewer that's going to win a T-shirt is from Brassware. And at Dale underscore yeah 406, his review was, My wife does not watch the race on TV with me, but every week we hide from our kids and listen to DBC together. It's just <laughs> one of the fun things we do together each week. Wait, what? You hide? Because of you. They're closed. They're, they're hiding and listening to DBC. It is not yeah. G-rated. No, they're yeah. hiding from Brett. It's just one of the fun things we do together each week that's fun, funny, and stress-free for us. I'm Team Brett, and she is Team TJ. T and parentheses TJ has gotten old and boring. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It's because he knows that Kip listens to the show. That's yeah. what happened. Just blame Kip. I so send it. me a DM on Twitter. We'll get my new you job. your T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. For our for our rant. Um, no, wait a minute here. I know storytelling, Jason. Well, no, I was going to ask like. Why do you have to hide to listen to us? I mean, is it that bad? I, I, I think something else is going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else? Okay. Yeah, maybe that's why kids can't listen okay. to the show. Okay, <laughs> now we need to go to, yeah, let's quit talking about this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought just, I got your point right there when you said, I wasn't thinking that, but I got it. I didn't insinuate much. You did. Just, you did. Yeah. Jason, do you have a story to share for our aunt? So Jason, I don't I, think so. where did you start the night? So we were watching my friend Ben Tyler and I were going to watch the race together. It was a Saturday night race in the playoffs. Okay, and, sounds like a blast. Yep. <laughs> and so we were just going to have fun and um, watch the race and drink some beverages. So, so you obviously and? took shots. Yeah, every caution we took a shot. <laughs> there wasn't well, a that of, many wrecks. I know, but we are all like... <laughs> like there were five. <laughs> but we're all these like skinny dudes, Kyle Judes, and it's like... He's rubbing it in. I'll tell you what, it sounds like a hell of a time. Are you kidding me? Three guys sitting on a couch taking shots. We also drank some beer and. Boy, you and CC, you guys party it up over there, huh? We We had some some PB and J's. We got crazy. (laughs) We had some white claws. Was it pop off vodka? Oh, they had white claws, too. White claws? That's a, I wanted to ask you about your opinion on white claws. Oh, Jason. <laughs> I bring you a that's really a, nice <laughs> bottle of tequila. I said that's already gone. And you're drinking a white claws. <laughs> well, somebody else drink it because you'd have thrown up if you drank that already. <laughs> Man. Oh. Oh. Anything else we're going to rant about today? So, Jason, are there any videos from this night? Nope. No. Oh, yeah. You know there are. We got. I got to work on your party invite list. Uh, DBC <laughs> picks. I, I've kind of <sighs> let TJ come back. And I'm trying to give him a chance because he's never won this thing. So I'm going to keep giving you a chance. This is my last week. After this, I'm going back full bore. So I'll take Chase Elliott. He's good at Watkins Glen. Truly, he'll be good at the Roval. Uh, man, I was looking at thinking about the list a little bit ago. And, man, this is going to be a tough one to pick from. But I will go with, uh, you know what? I'll roll with the 19. I think he can win three in a row. I'm going to go with the 19. He was tempting. 
but it's hard to win three in a row. But I think you can. It Kip, is. They got it's a lot hard of speed. What do you hard. think we'll expect from this weekend? You probably have a big job to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it'll it'll be every bit as exciting as it was last year, if not more so, with, with so much on the line for so many guys. Um, it's going to be interesting to see coming down to that last chicane on the last lap who's who's in a position to make something happen. Can you see in the driver's meeting when you're looking out there, can you ever see those guys – pressure building or stressed like you know, i mean because obviously i don't go talk to a lot of guys other than just my guy on race day but like when you look out there can you see who's kind of got their panties in a wad and who doesn't not during the driver's meeting i think it's still too far ahead of the race you know and, and a lot of times too with all the the autographs that they signed coming in through the red carpet or whatever and um i, I think there they're still somewhat relaxed and once they leave us i'm sure that's when it starts yeah yeah well oh man thank you so much yeah, for joining the on. show. They were a lot nicer to you, so I appreciate that. <laughs> we're Clearly always we nice. Why. That ain't true. Kip, mm-hmm. thanks for listening, dude. Thanks for coming on. We yeah, love how people been... come on in the industry, tell their story. And you've got two important jobs, man. We appreciate yeah. you. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a blast doing my job two. and coming in to, to be with you guys today. Thanks for I having just, me. It's nice to know that people listen and think about stuff. I mean, we still there's still certain things I want to see, like shade on the spider stand. If Clint's the leader, when Clint takes the lead at the Rebel and the caution comes out, when you pull out in front of him, will you flip him off for me? Can you do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just tell him it's for me. He'll get it. Kip, I want, you know, next time you have your meeting, I, can you suggest a podium on the front stretch for the top three? And we just gate it, we rope it off Formula and let One fans style? come down there and stand in front of us like Formula One? Yeah, you know, I, you can be your idea. I don't care. No, you know. I, <laughs> unfortunately, that wouldn't be my idea. I think that's been thrown out there on a number of occasions. And it I, has been. And I think that, uh, you know, F1's got their thing. We've got ours. And I think it works. Oh, man, I, I, yeah. I want to see the fans get in there. I want to see Jason come down and blow a motor. Me too. I want to see that. Jason, you're going to the racetrack this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm doing social with the Shop Motor Speedway. And then I have. Is that like an internship or is that like volunteer? Freelance little stuff. Help them out in race weekend. Oh, yeah. Saturday night, I'm going to wear my Isn't this door. where you dropped your uh, phone in between the wall and the safe <laughs> area? Should I tell Kip that story? What an idiot. Last year at the Roval, I was taking some content out of turn three of the Oval and then dropped my phone in the safer barrier as I was taking. Were you, were you able to get it out? Not until after the race. All right. This was in the morning. So that's not happening this year. I'm going to have my pop socket and my um, camera cord, like, cord around my neck so I won't drop anything. Hey, the good news is now now you know who you can call if you yeah. ever have to get something retrieved Thank from you. there. Yeah. True. I can't call. wait to get that resume, yeah. Jason. Your credentials are just blowing him yeah. away. Right yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, well, thanks for coming, Kit, man. Yeah. It's been awesome having you. are welcome anytime. Yeah. Yep. Have oh. a great week, everyone. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.